This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. So, happy Easter, by the way. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, it's it's over, but yeah. uh, he has risen. You know, <laughs> everything's fine. Uh, so I learned something a little interesting over you know because it was passover as well does it not passover always no it, pass not always but it's okay. often in the same time Ballpark. around the same time because if you read the uh, new testament a lot of that stuff was happening around passover okay. so um yeah. so we had a passover center and we we're talking and i found something out about judaism that i had not known oh okay jews don't believe in hell you're just now discovering this. <laughs> yeah. You did not know. You did not know I, this. I had no idea. I, I knew that. It was not in the Ten Commandments. In fact, it's one, it's one of the reasons why I thought about, you know, maybe I should try the whole Judaism <laughs> well, thing. Well, that's what I'm thinking is like, why for all of these years I've been like, I can't do that because there's hell and whatever. There's no hell. Yeah. Well, geez, that's that sounds like a perfect uh, religion to me. The the sun has never been brighter, Rick. The the grass has never been greener. I had no idea. All right, come well, no, come. I'm telling you, come come I, to our I, side. All I'm telling our listeners to buckle up now that he knows there's no hell. Look out, because <laughs> uh, Minutia Man is up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Uh, during the jingle, I just went into your kitchen and stole your expensive <laughs> silverware. There, there may not be hell, but there is jail. <laughs> okay. Just so you know. Uh, we got a hell of a show. Today. Okay. And by the way, did you watch the Masters yesterday? No. I did not. Because you were... I had an Easter, yeah, yeah. Easter thing. Um, you know that Phil Mickelson came in second place. Yeah, I, did heard, you know that? I heard about that. Yeah. And guess how old he is. He's 50-something? He's 52. 52, okay. The way that these people on this broadcast went over the top on how he's an inspiration to older Americans yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Bite me. 52. Yeah. I could do that time on my head. Yeah, I've got shirts that are 52. <laughs> I got ear hair that is older than 52. <laughs> I feel the same way when I watch him doing that. It's ageism. Yeah, That's it what really it is. is. Oh, and they kept on playing that Jack Nicholas clip of him winning the Masters yeah. in 80. He was 46. I know. Exactly. Come on. My shoes are 46. <laughs> so, hey, we got a hell of a show we better get cooking here. Okay. Because I got to take a nap soon. Hey, this story comes out of Brussels. Okay. Okay. Headline, Monopoly game ends in samurai sword fight. I've never okay. actually completed an entire game of Monopoly. Is that generally how it ends? Yeah, wait, I, I don't know. I've never finished one either. So according to reports, a game of Monopoly turned into a samurai sword fight in the forest neighborhood of Brussels this past Saturday night. Reports say that a group of five adult men were playing Monopoly outside of one of the players' homes into the wee hours of the night. Now, I don't want to be too judgy here. Yeah. Five dudes playing Monopoly. Outdoors. On a Saturday night. Yeah. We're cooler than those people. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. That's a low bar, but we are cooler than the Even as 60-year-old guys. <laughs> right. uh, anyways, it appears that the Monopoly players argued loudly throughout their game, which every Monopoly game is our people argue with, right? And they started pissing off their neighbors. So another a neighbor came out brandishing a three-foot samurai sword, okay? Mm -hmm. I think it would have been funnier if he would have just had a big thimble or a big iron, (laughs) right? But instead, he had the three-foot samurai sword, and one of the players got wounded in his chest 
or should I say community chest? Oh, See what I'm doing oh, here? I like that. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, and was taken to the he, hospital. He was taking a chance. <laughs> he was. And the guy who stabbed him? Yeah. He went directly to jail. Did he? Yeah. Did not pass go. Uh, but however, the story does have a happy ending. Yeah. The game finally ended. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> right, that's a, so do, do we know who won? Uh, yeah. No. No. I, all right, because because it didn't actually end, right? All right, I have a story for you too. This one, uh, this is an Italian story. Hmm. Uh, what, where was yours? Brussels, Brussels. So oh, yeah. another European yeah. show, basically. Um, Italy's ruling party has had it with the bastardization of their language and is seeking to pass a new law asking people to say "ciao" to English words and to show Italian food some real amore. That's love. It is. According to CNN, Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney's right-wing Brothers of Italy party is seeking to impose fines of up to 100,000 euros, which is like $109,000, for people who use phrases in languages other than Italian. While they're in Italy. In official communications, yes. While they're in Italy. The proposal law seeks to stop Anglomania which the bill's uh, text says demeans and mortifies Italian language and culture and could even penalize Italians who mispronounce words like bruschetta. Isn't it bruschetta? Oh, see. <laughs> One example CNN gave was in pronouncing bruschetta as bruschetta, not bruschetta, okay. might cost Italians. It's actually bruschetta. Okay. See, right. I only knew that okay, because of the, the article. article. Sure. Um, also saying grazie. Uh, thank you. No. <laughs> no. Dude, I've the watched right The Sopranos like five times. The right accentuation is at the end of the word. Uh, okay. um, otherwise, it's an insult. Grazie. Oh. According to this article. Okay. And it could be a finable offense for Italian ben- uh, bureaucrats. And it's not just a matter of fashion or fashion past, but Anglomania has repercussions for society as a whole. Lawmaker Fabri, uh, Fabio Rampelli. I know. You may just got fined. I'm nervous right now. You just got fined. That's what he says. Anyway, um, let's see. Uh, according to Euronews, if passed, the legislation would require Maloney's government uh, to stop using any Englishized or Anglicized Italian expressions. For instance, they now use the word dispenser as part of the English language. Instead, they would have to go back to the Italian, which is dispensatore de liquido ingnistiado per le mani. So we just saved you eight seconds. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. The law would have even uh, further ramifications to university students and stuff like that. Uh, fines are going to be all over the place. This hasn't passed yet, but mm-hmm. they're trying to pass it. Now, we in Chicago mm-hmm. have a new mayor. Uh, yes, we do. A brand new mayor. Okay. And I'm urging the new mayor of Chicago to follow suit. Okay. Right. For instance, $5,000 fine. We don't have to go the whole 100000 No, no. $5,000 fine. Anyone saying Soldier's Field. <laughs> okay. Good. Right? Good. Kaminsky Park. <laughs> okay. 5000 Another 5Gs. Yeah. Sure. Wrigley Stadium. <laughs> Five grand. Well, didn't Chris Bryant say that? It, it was somebody did. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you if you're trying to if you say front room instead of front room, okay, thousand dollars. Okay. If you use a glove in softball, oh, that's uh, or you play with a twelve inch ball, yeah, thousand dollars. Ketchup on a hot dog. What is that? Yeah. I'd say ketchup on a hot dog is ten grand. million dollars. Right. What's the speed limit? 
is it 55? Very good. Right. Very good. And also, if you end a question without a preposition, for yeah. instance, if where are you staying at? Yeah. Get, that's what you, it has to end with at. That is the only way to do it. Um, the, we have a perfect record of your phone. <laughs> I get no phone yeah. calls with it yeah. all of it. It's like, yeah. I did remember to at least mute it. Well, I can hear the buzzing. Yeah, yeah. that is kind yeah. of annoying. Why don't you sit on it or hey, something? Hey, we got a review. Yeah, oh, okay. Uh, this is from uh, Chunch the Great. Okay. In a sea of podcasts. What is it? Chunch? Chunch. C- Chunch. C-U-N-C-H, the Great, via okay. Apple Podcast. Now, is he really the Great? <laughs> is he really Chunch? <laughs> Chunch the, eh, good enough. Yeah. In a sea of podcasts, Minutiaman is an island unto itself. This podcast is heart, humor, and tons of great content. And now that I know that there's no hell, yeah. oh, baby, all bets are <laughs> off. Hosted by two hosts that are genuinely interested in their guests and what they have to say, a breath of fresh air, and worthy of your time. Subscribe now. And again, that is uh, Chunch the Great. Thank you, Chunch. Via Apple Podcasts. Oh, so if you like Minutia Men or Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, uh, you can uh, check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I understand there's a great one about soccer. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about that Free one? Free kicks. Yeah, that's yeah. what I heard. You know, um, and just I just thought of something with your yeah. Italian story. Yeah. Isn't it like corruption is expected in Italy? Yeah, right. And like misogyny and... Having like yep. nine, you know, mistresses and whatever. Sure. And this is the hill that they're going to I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, pick out your favorite new show at opishows.com. Remember, opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Uh, time for another feature. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. So this is the part of the show where we dip into the Rick and Dave archives and we uh, pull out something that is appropriate for this week um, to share with our listeners. And April 8th, so this earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Yesterday uh, or two days ago. Well, this comes out on yeah, Saturday. Know. Yeah, Julian Lennon's birthday. Hmm. Um, guess how old Julian is? 57. 60. He's really all right. Born the same age oh, as us. Oh. Um, well, as it turns out, I just interviewed May Pang, yeah, just John Lennon's uh, yeah. girlfriend, yeah. Um, during the Lost Weekend, mm-hmm. and Julian visited uh, John Lennon quite a bit during that time. Uh, May Pang talks about that with me, and you know, can I oh, can absolutely. I play a, a portion of that for absolutely. you? Absolutely. Uh, this is uh, from uh, the 125th episode. Of Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Here we go. Having yeah. ha- having watched the the film now, um, I have to say that to me, the most uh, poignant moments in the documentary were really uh, the parts with you and Julian. Um, ah. Two of you have an obvious affection for each other. Um, you experience a lot together during your time. You know because. John was out doing stuff, you know, and and Julian was able to hang out. You went to the set of Happy Days. You, you know, did all sorts of cool stuff together. Um, But you two obviously love each other. It's that's that's very touching. Thank you. I mean, I I do love my, you know, it was uh, he was he is he was a great kid because he's no longer a kid. Yeah. Um, And let's and I'm just going to say right here. We don't want to give away uh, the whole thing so that people need to see the movie so they can get the feel of just what what went on. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm essentially <laughs> not telling some of the big uh, reveals yeah. there. Um, 
I just want people to be surprised. Um, I think the the whole thing is that Julian, he, you know, he. It's like any any kid from any family. You need um, you want to see your parents. If they're not together, you want to see them at different times. And I thought it was very important um, for John to see Julian and for Julian to see John. And it had been a while. And um, I was glad that I can help put that together. And I was also happy that I could give um, Cynthia Lennon, you know, John's first wife, some closure to her relationship with, with John as well, because she hadn't seen him all these years. So it was, um, I was just glad that I can, I can make it all work. Yeah. Well, uh, to me, the, the, the movie has a lot of revelations in it and, oh, uh, you know what? I could tell you more. I could let it go uh, because it is 32 minutes of gold. Yeah. So, right. right. Um, but I, I stopped it there because, uh, I want to give you a couple more hints. Okay. All right. The, so the Julian thing is a big part of the film. May Pang has yeah. released a documentary. It involves Yoko. Okay. And it involves the fact that Julian did not see John for three wow. years. Wow. So like from his age of what, eight to 11 or something or nine to 12 or, or no. Yeah. Well, like I'd say uh, seven to 10 or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's just one of the revelations. There's there's many others in there, but uh, it's actually a great film. If you get a chance, you should go out. And a great and, interview uh, that I really wish I was a part of that you would have told me <laughs> when it was going to be. I don't want you getting <laughs> in, in my Beatles world. It's, uh, I've got to separate those two things. Rick, what are you doing today? Nothing. I'm not doing anything. I'm not, I'm not interviewing anybody that has any relation to the Beatles. So, uh, okay. Right. Hey, so. uh, I don't think this has ever happened before, but I think I need you to play two jing- or two jingles. Okay. okay, this might, okay, so might, I talk might be very here? difficult, but I'll, I'll okay. sorry. I what do you, you need? To, uh, for my next story, I want you to play the Jenkins jingle Okay, and the Nazi jingle. Both? Yeah. Okay. This is All a right. Nazi jingle, uh, Jenkins. Let's do Jenkins story. first. Okay. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! And okay, another no, one? The Nazis. Did Dave really find another story about Nazis? Another one. <laughs> All right. Headline WWE apologizes for using Auschwitz image in preview show. You know, the World Wrestling Entertainment apologized sure. Friday for using an image from the Auschwitz concentration camp to promote one of its matches during the first night of WrestleMania 39. Wow, people get so sensitive these days. Uh, Oh, I know. The image was used in a promotional package for the match between Shecky the Bagel Rabinowitz and Sheldon (laughs) the Podiatrist Kleinbaum. Actually, it was Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio on a preview show. I don't think they're Jewish. (laughs) Those are not. We had no knowledge of what was depicted. As soon as we learned, it was removed immediately. We apologize for this error. The WWE said. What did they think it was? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, The storyline that was between the father and the son, Dominic Mysterio and his son, Ray Mysterio, or the other way around, I don't know, uh, was going to jail after involved in an incident with his father. The image of Auschwitz appeared as Dominic said in the promo, you think this game is... You think this is a game to me? I served hard time. And they showed the concentration camp. 
Oh, my God. Right. When asked how this could have happened, the imagery, not the Holocaust. Yeah. We still don't know that. Yeah. The spokesman from the WWE said they are reviewing the processes of our video team and editor. We're reviewing the processes that our video team and editors are using. How much you want to bet there's going to be an intern intern that is going to be thrown completely under the bus for this. Hey, you know, it is just as likely it was an idiot. Yeah, who just yeah, did right. Well, it was some guy they were paying nine bucks an hour. Saying, yeah, you know, yeah, I need a, a jail. I right, need Google a jail. Yeah, jail. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, why are they wearing those striped uniforms? I don't know. Uh, but the good news is this gave me impetus for a minutia men quiz. Oh, okay, great. So, right. more work for Rick. Yeah. All right, here we go. Time now for a minutia men minutia men minutia quiz. Okay, this quiz is entitled Nazi related marketing tie-in fails. <laughs> okay. All right. I've got a day. You have a folder at home, don't you? Uh, Which of the following Nazi-related marketing tie-ins didn't happen? Okay. All right. So I'm going to read you four. One of them did not happen. All right. All right. In a 2016 performance set to uh, to the movie song from the soundtrack, Life is Beautiful, former Olympic ice skater Natanya Navka and her dance partner Andrei Berkovitsky Danced in the striped pajamas and yellow six-pointed stars yeah. with Jewish victims of Nazi... Con- so you know that. I, I've, I've, I right. saw that. I remember that. And at the end of the routine, Berkowski is killed by simulated machine gun fire. <laughs> I, did, I did see that one. In 2014, Zara Fashion Stores was the focus of outrage and criticism for offering a set of striped children's pajamas. Uh, this one's real, too. Adorned with a six-pointed yeah. yellow star. But in their defense, the six-pointed yeah. yellow stars said sheriff on it. <laughs> it's nothing. No, it has nothing to do with the Holocaust. It's the West. Yep, I remember that one, too. In January of 1998, well-known New York bakery Dinkelman's was knocked for using the tagline, never forget that breakfast is the most important meal of the day to promote their special Star of David-shaped bagels on Holocaust Remembrance Day. Hmm. Okay, possible. I don't know about that one. In 2003, PETA, the people for the ethical treatment of animals, put on an exhibition called Holocaust on Your Plate which combined harrowing images of people in concentration camps with disturbing pictures of animals on farms. The featured image was that a pile of naked human bodies next to a shot of a heap of pig carcasses. Uh, yeah, that one sounds real to me, too. So what are you saying? Yeah, I'm saying the third one is a fake one. Right, yeah, You cracked the code. All right. Uh, so I have a story for you. Um, a pilot in South Africa was uh, made. This is another international story. Yeah, all yeah. yeah. Uh, made a hasty. Because you know the only thing that happens in America? What? Our shootings. <laughs> That's right. They're not that funny. <laughs> it's really not. Really not that funny. Uh, a pilot in South Africa made a hasty emergency landing after discovering a highly venomous cobra hiding under his seat. Rudolf Erasmus had that four. That wasn't a euphemism for something, right? <laughs> no, no, it was no. an actual snake. Okay. No, you listen to this. He had four passengers on board his flight, a little, a tiny little plane. Yeah. Uh, during a flight, he felt something cold slide across his lower back. Yeah. Just imagine yeah. this. Yeah. He glanced down to see the head of a fairly large Cape Cobra receding back under the seat. Like he felt it and he saw it go under the yeah. seat. It was as if and he's my, flying. He's flying an airplane. Okay, so he's got four passengers. Okay. There's a cobra on the plane. If it, it was in my uh, everybody, please don't don't mind the cobra. <laughs> if it was Samuel Jackson, what would he have said? 
Snakes on a plane. Yeah. We, 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 we got motherfucking snakes <laughs> on this motherfucking plane. Uh, after taking a moment to compose himself, he informed his passengers of the slippery stowaway. Um, uh, passengers, uh, yeah, listen. Um, yeah, we got motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Um, there was a moment of stunned silence, he said, and then Erasmus called the air traffic control for permission. Yeah. To make an emergency landing. Uh, air control. Uh, yeah, listen. Um, We've got motherfucking snakes on the plane. I still had to fly another 10 or 15 minutes to land the plane with the snake curled up oof, at his feet. Oof, oof. I kept looking down to see where it was. I was happy it was under the seat. I usually don't have a big fear of snakes, but I normally don't go anywhere near them. <laughs> the snake handler was sent to meet the plane. At the airport, he was the very first on the scene. Everyone disembarked, and he said, "Everyone looks visibly shaken because." So, how did the snake? Do we know how the snake got on the plane? We don't know how it got on the plane, but they did get it off, yeah. and the and the snake was taken care of without okay. killing it, and was let out into the wild somewhere so we can go on another plane another day. Yeah. Well. But. Uh, that's about the most terrifying thing I can even imagine. Uh, so we, uh, Aaron was in Florida this past week, yeah, or for spring break, and we flew her on Frontier Airlines. Yeah, have, have you had Frontier Airlines? Yeah, I won't go. Uh, I won't do it. So, I, as with everything, and I'd make my kids go. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That's fine. <laughs> well, like everything else in my house, I have no idea what anything is going on. So yeah. it's like, oh, she's going. I had no idea. So the flight was delayed both going there and coming back like two and a half. I, I picked them up at two in the morning at Midway Airport. But then I started to read the reviews for Frontier. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's terrible. Just this hideous, you know, we had to do a double bag turn. Everybody's throwing up and, you know, we're five hours delayed. And and everything is extra. Like, yeah. oh, you oh, you want a seat cushion? <laughs> That's another $75. Oxygen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. All right. Well, yeah, this is funny. All right. We've got, it's time for another feature and it's going to tie in Dave. Oh, I don't think we've ever had a, a, our, uh, this is like a curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. Episode. Right, here we go. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So I don't think you're going to see this one coming. Okay. All right. Uh, it's, uh, I like the way this guy wrote this. Uh, Jack is his name. Um, I'm a frequent flyer. Oh. So I often get bumped up to first class. Last summer, I was sit, I was flying from Boston back to Chicago, and the guy sitting next to me looked familiar. Couldn't quite place him, but it was nagging at me. We made a little small talk, and I tried the old trick of introducing myself by name. He shook my hand and said his name, huh. Will Smith. Oh. Now, it wasn't the Mil- Will Smith you're thinking of, um, but I made a joke about him slapping me. He smiled, but he didn't laugh. We engaged in some small talk, but that was about it. When we got to Chicago, we met up again at the luggage carousel, waiting for the luggage. My wife met me there to bring me home and saw me talking to this guy. His bag came first. Uh, He nodded towards me and my wife, and we said our goodbyes. My wife said, don't you know who that is? And I said, I I, I thought he looked familiar. He's a doctor. I sat next to him on the plane. She goes, yes, I'm pretty sure that's William Kennedy Smith. Oh, his hair is gray now. He's packed on a few pounds. He wears his reading glasses at the end of his nose, but I'm pretty sure my wife is correct. He did say his name was Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. It was William Kennedy Smith, who, if you remember, sure. was accused of yeah. 
some sort of sexual assault, yeah. uh, you know. Nixie, Nixie. But anyway, yeah. one of the Kennedys. Yeah. They're, you know, flying first class amongst the people. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, as if the first class is amongst the people, but you know what I'm saying. Well, and then the other Kennedy is running for president now, right? Supposedly. Oh, is that now? Well, I mean, who's going to vote for this guy? Uh, I don't know. He's an anti-vax uh, uh, Kennedy. <laughs> you so know what, Rick? The anti-vax that... crowd won't vote for him because he's a Kennedy. Yeah. The Democrats won't vote for him because he's an anti-vax. Yeah. So I am never going to say again, that can never happen. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I'm just never going to say that again. That is a great point. All right, we have another show. It's called Minutium at Celebrity Interview. And why don't you tell people who's so, on it? So it's we, not William Kennedy Smith. No, well, but maybe we can get him. You didn't on. see that coming, did you? I did not see no. that. I did not. But I knew exactly who you were talking about. Yeah. Um, Eric Nelson. Eric Nelson, great guy. Yeah. Actor, uh, we were we had the fort- good fortune of interviewing him. He's starring in 1893, 1883, 1883, the prequel yeah. to uh, Yellowstone. Right. Um, he uh, really fun guy. Uh, he's been in a ton of things. Yeah. Uh, good looking guy too. I good don't looking guy. Seen, yeah. Seen the Google images of him, and um, we had the opportunity to talk to him, and we talked. Quite a bit with him. Yeah. He's he, another one that we couldn't get off the phone. He, he had a good sense of humor. Very good sense of humor. Uh, so uh, l- be sure to check that out. It'll, it's uh, available right now at Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. All right. We have people to thank, Dave. Our people. Uh, special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radio Misfits. Dot com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Manishman. The preceding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?